Well, it's not quite as punchy as signing Cody Bellinger or Aaron Nola or Josh Hader or something like that, but probably just as, if not more important, the Rays have extended and locked up one Kevin Cash and Eric Neander. This is probably the most monumental extension that you could have done in 2024. So let's talk about it right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays. You can also find us on X and Instagram at Lockdown Rays and email us anytime for those mailbag questions. Spring training is almost afoot. LockdownRays at gmail.com. And that seemed to be a priority for Rays Brass and ownership of before we get into the throes of spring training in the regular season, let's take care of our own. Let's take care of our home. Let's extend in comfort, Eric Neander and Kevin Cash, the dynamic duo. So we don't have to deal with that mess uh, when games are being played and there's a lot of moving parts. And that's exactly what the Rays did. And uh, I know some of the particulars aren't yet readily available or accessible, but it appears that both Cash and Neander will be with the organization well into whenever the new stadium opens up in 2028 or so. Yeah, I mean it it seems like they will be the the faces of the new park. Yeah. Um not the franchise, not the face of the franchise. Yeah, we, we should never have uh executives, <laughs> coaches, manner uh, managers, owners as faces of the franchise. We should reserve no. that for players, but the Rays do do things a little bit differently. So, as close to a face of the franchise yeah, as a manager and executive could be, Neander and, and Cash could probably fit that mold. The manager in the front office have their guys for the new park. That, that's yeah. what we know. And, you know, we, we did talk about this. What was it like maybe two weeks ago uh, about the Kevin Cash extensions? Uh, yeah, we got a we got a mailbag question about it. How much of a priority is it for the Rays to lock him up? Well, we saw it. I I had, you know, penciled in, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, probably a nine that they do something with him and alas here it is uh you know I, i'm i'm going to be very uh interested in uh, in the amount because now we know what craig council commanded in the open market eight million dollars i think i think we all could agree that what kevin cash has done is more impressive than what craig council has done not only because uh better results but uh you know definitely a a smaller payroll and also a harder division. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, there's no Yankees and Red Sox in that division. And then you have a Toronto Blue Jays team that wants to spend money now. And then now you have an Orioles team that has tanked for so long that all of their picks somehow <laughs> uh, right. became amazing players. So, like, it's a very different situation in the AL East and the NL Central. So if Craig Council is able to command $8 million, the question was, at, at least for me, it was like, okay, what does Kevin Cash want? Because yeah. Kevin Cash could ask for anything in the world right now. And 
you know, you did appeal to the he's from Tampa. He's comfortable here. He might take that family discount, uh, friends and family discount from the Tampa Bay Rays and say, you know what? I'll stay for X. Yeah. So what I'm interested about, Kevin, and what we could have some fun here is uh, let's go back to eighth grade uh, math class and say, find X. What is Kevin Cash being paid for right now? See, and that's the thing. I personally do not think that the Rays will reveal those numbers. It might actually have to take some sleuthing and some deep diving by, you know, Jeff Passan and Bob Nightingale and Mark Topkin and all those. But I don't think while I believe he deserves as much or more than Craig Council, I think it very much is a hometown discount type of deal but still a nice pay increase than what he had previously like if i had to ballpark it i would say probably around four to five million dollars a year i don't i don't think that's a bad one because there's two numbers i want people to know so he was averaging in his last deal 1.6 okay so i think we can all start with the with the baseline of at least double that so he's at least at 3.2 and then knowing that Terry Francona was the highest paid uh, manager last year in 2023 at 4.5. Right. So I I wouldn't be surprised if it's like around four to five mil. Yeah. Four to five and who mil. knows? Maybe there's some creative elements within the deal of a portion of merchandise. I, you know, who knows what's, what's in his deal specifically. But I would just suffice to say that he was probably pretty well taken care of because if he was on the open market, he could more or less command whatever he wants. So um, it's good from, from that point of view, for sure. Uh, we have a lot more to discuss on this Ulysses, but first we have to tell the audience about something very important. That is, you know, after the holidays, we could use a little bit of extra cash, you know, maybe the Rays needed a little bit of extra cash, but they had it to extend Kevin and mm -hmm. Eric. So, you know, you, you give so many gifts and, and we still buy everyday things and you got to make sure you're getting cash back on all of your everyday purchases. And you can do that with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from grocery to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $145 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, uh, buy that flight you've been on, the game that you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. So right now, Ibotta is offering uh, listeners, Locked On Race, $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. So go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONMLB. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use code LOCKEDONMLB. Hey, maybe that's why uh, the Rays have not spent a lot of money this offseason and uh, dipped off a lot of their existing payroll, i.e., trading Tyler Glass now. Maybe they were utilizing those funds to lock up Eric Neander and Kevin Cash respectively. We'll have Very to see. Um, but as you mentioned, 
monumental, monumental stuff. Um, I mean, we can talk about the the five straight postseason appearances, more wins than uh, all but three teams in baseball doing it in the battle-heavy AL East with a minuscule payroll and tons of turnover. Like, uh, what they do is yeoman's work for sure. And I think yeah. so much of this is, um, you know, a, you have a bench coach leave, you have a third base coach leave, you have a, a top front office executive leave. At the end of the day, the Rays can stomach that as long as Kevin Cash and Eric Neander are the figureheads at the top. I think that's what we're starting to learn. So Peter Bendix gone. Okay. We we can deal with that. Matt Arnold gone. We can deal with that. Heim Bloom gone. We can deal with that. Matt Cotrero gone. We can deal with that. Um, and I think so much of what makes this work is that Kevin Cash and Eric Neander work well together, get along, understand each other, because we've heard about it in other front offices, other organizations, that there is some butting up heads between front office analytics type and the um you know the old school coaches the guys on the field versus the guys in the yeah. c-suite and i think that um they have a strong enough relationship and respect for each other uh that really and this is huge kudos to eric neander he's able to him and his staff are able to connect with players on their newfound ideas and philosophies and um and I, I think that really, really goes a long way. So there's not that that disconnect between both sides, if you will. There is no disconnect because, as you heard Glass now say after he got traded, you know, he went and had a beer with Eric Neander. Uh, so like it's it's like an opener policy. I, I think you 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 touch on something very important: the the personalities of both Kevin Cash and Eric Neander. Not only that they like each other and they seem to work well with each other, but when you have 26 dudes in a room. It's it's going to be a lot of egos and why me? So there, there has to be some sense of recognizing all of you and treating each other, treating them the same, but knowing the particulars of what makes each individual, you know, themselves. Right. And so it's a, it's a very thin line to, to walk in and they seem to be doing that. And you talk about the disconnect between, you know, the the C-suite and and the dugout. It seems like they're on the same page, or if they're not, they're they're very they're they're very clever on yeah. uncovering that up because it does seem like they're on the same page. And the last thing I'd like to say with with this is with the relationship, the human a aspect of it. It might be that Stu Sternberg has been incredibly lucky to find two people that are not only good at their jobs and what they do he lets them do their job and 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 you know hands off but they also in kevin and eric they are not looking forward to well i could be in this huge market and make right. this much money like they have the role that they want like kevin cash wanted to be a manager he is a manager eric neander wanted to be president of baseball operations general manager he is that like there is no need for them to be like well well what what is what would it be like to have a 200 million dollar payroll and like a heim bloom situation like they're like yeah. no i am fine where i am i am in my role i am comfortable in my role i'm not gonna go and 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 get paid a, a 
way more uh, a la Pujols going to the Angels instead of taking a little bit of a pay cut, stay in St. Louis, become an earthly hero, and right. and live my the rest of my days. Like that's maybe something that Stu found here with Kevin and Eric. They're they're okay, they're comfortable in Tampa Bay, and they don't need to be looking elsewhere. Is that a shot at Andrew Friedman and Joe Madden? Maybe, perhaps. Seeking greener pastures in Chicago and L.A., respectively. Well, you know, with Joe, we have talked about this. Uh, and don't get ahead of my uh, uh, my third segment. Uh, with Joe, we have talked about the 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 sentiment of, of his voice growing stale in the yep. locker room, right? The whole snakes in the locker room, the salsa, uh, uh, you know, band and all of this stuff yeah, like dress up get ups yeah it's enough after like eight years like people are like okay dude but come but on, again dude. credit to him for and this might have to be a conversation or an episode at another point is name a better duo andrew friedman slash joe madden kevin cash slash eric neander but i will say for yeah. friedman and joe madden and the resume speaks for itself of course but uh being that that first change mm. agent and getting the rays out of that vortex of suck because that is a difficult, difficult thing to do. At least when yes. uh, Cash and um, and Neander took over, I know that you know they had some losing seasons, but at least the uh, organization understood and felt what it meant to be a winning ball club. Whereas the franchise before Friedman and uh, Madden had didn't know what that meant. Or no, didn't know how to to get there, and they they, went- they led them to the right path. <laughs> Kevin, they would win 12 straight games and then they would lose 12 straight in the same season. Like yeah. that's like even when they could do something amazing, then that something horrible would happen. So, yeah, definitely being the change agent definitely gives you a bump up. But the the growing stale in the locker room, that's that's for everybody that that mm-hmm. happens to all of us and in and, and baseball and football, whatever it happens. So it's a little bit different now. It'll be very uh, interesting to see what will happen in the next three, four years? Like, let's say in 2028, like, let's get out of Tropicana. We're in the new stadium. Yeah. Kevin Cash will have been (laughs) the manager for more than a decade, plus almost decade and a half. Eric Neander will have been in his position for basically almost the same amount of time. Will we new? Will we notice some staleness, or will they be able to still kind of produce and 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 be liked um, amongst the the team? Like it's yeah, it's a very difficult thing to 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 keep that up that bar yeah. really high because they've they've set the bar really high. Like I hope they do, but it's just, it's just going to be really difficult. Right. And luckily for them, they are young for their age in their roles. I think Neander's, what, 40, 41, and Kevin Cash in his late 40s. I know that the industry is going towards younger managers, coaches, that sort of thing. But I still think they have a a youthful growth mindset as well with all that. And credit, I know we've kind of bounced around between Kevin Cash and Eric Neander, but I'll say this for Eric Neander. um, He has not had an easy job by any means with being the guy that says, yeah, we got to trade Evan Longoria. Yeah. We got to trade Blake Snell and being able to do that without having that label attached to him. Like Heim Bloom. I think when you mention Heim Bloom yep. in Boston, Oh, he's the guy that traded David Price and, and Mookie Betts. Whereas 
with Neander, there's there's not quite that stick. And I think some of it helps that he goes out and, and makes the the wonderful, unbelievable maneuvers of acquiring Randy Rosarena and uh, getting the the Pirates coup back in the day and, and even other moves like Travis Darno or like this past week, signing Phil Maton, who may, by the time that 2024 is wrapped up, will be one of the best relievers in all of baseball. <laughs> it, is, it could work out that way. What is your favorite Eric Neander move? Oof, favorite Eric Neander move. Um, there's so many. I would have to. Uh, I'd have to look back in the archives. I mean, I would Which say the one. one that... You can give me either. Okay, how about this? You can frame it as one of your favorites, or one of, or one of the ones that has produced the most in your eyes, like something yeah. like that. You can give me whatever angle you want. I I would say, and I would have to research it a little bit, but the one that I continue to reference and go back to is the um, the Pirates deal where he traded Chris Archer and got back Glass now Meadows and Shane Boz. And that just creates a tree of its own where you trade Tyler Glass now, look what you get back. You trade Austin Meadows, look what you get back. Hello, Isak Paredes. And then we'll wait and see what Shane Boz does in 2024 and beyond. But there yeah. are so, so, so many deals, uh, small and large. And we should also note that Mistakes have been made along the way as well, but there's been a lot more hits than misses. A lot more hits. So okay, so okay, let's let's do one on one. So you you did the 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 best move, which is a really good one. That's a, that's probably one of the, the yeah. best moves ever. I mean, it, trading Chris Archer and making it so that you have for the 2024 roster a Shane Boss, Ryan Pepio, Johnny DeLuca, and Isak Paredes. Damn. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like a yeah. really good move. It's a really good move. And then you go back and not that he did much, but you go back and sign Chris Archer or add Chris Archer to the organization. Right. Like that's um, a total uh, F you. But I also like, and not to not to steal your thunder away, I also good. like, and I think what this these extensions do is it allows them to be comfortable in their skin, try new things without the fear of failure. So yes. even while we poo-poo and crap on, oh my gosh, Satsugo didn't do anything but I still like the risk. You have yeah. to take risk and you have to learn from those both success and failure. So um, I would do it all over again just to see, um, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, it was $12 million. Like I know for the raise, it's a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, you, you've got to take chances when you're the raise. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I, I honestly, like I, that's a huge, that's a, it's a, place where there's just so much love for baseball like you have to you have to get japanese players like uwasawa tremendous yeah. move like if i were the rays like i would just be you know scoping japan out for for right. more players for more opportunities like this like it's there are so many players that you don't know just because they're far away you know dude like i i've i don't know if i've told you this but one of the things i you know i was walking around uh, I believe, was it, I think it was in Kyoto and I was just walking around and I, I saw a baseball field and it was like a, a, um, a school baseball, um, mm -hmm. practice. And so I stayed there for like an hour watching them play. And it was, it was so cool. Like the way that they did the drills and they were all playing it. Like, dude, it's just, 
that's a national sport right there. Like you have to be able to like target it and and get as much uh, eyes on that as possible. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Uh, I do have, uh, you know, your reverse, the other side of the coin of, of, of a best move, but I think you have to tell me something first. Yeah, we have to tell the audience something very important, and that is this. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many incredible ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so, so much more. So new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins just visit fanduel.com slash locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to sign up that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel an official sportsbook partner of the national football league you know what we've had such a happy happy episode today Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna do the worst move i'm gonna save it Okay, save it. We can save it for next week. We can do a podium of sorts of best and worst, uh, best and worst moves from Kevin Cash and uh, Eric Neander, respectively. I think you should throw it up in the YouTube chat. Yeah, yeah, and then you you can leave your YouTube chats on what it has been. That's perfect. What has been the best move you've seen Neander do, and what has been the the move that you're like, why this didn't really work at all? This this kind of sucked. So leave that in the comments, and then we can create an episode surrounding that. But guess what, Kevin? It's time for to take a smooth drive. Oh, I, I thought you were going to give your uh, best move, but you're going to save that. I'm going to save that. I save like that. it. Okay. Let's we'll take a drive. To, we'll have to make sure we pencil that in for uh, for next week. There's a lot of them, and I'm going to have to go and, and research them as yeah. well. Large mm-hmm. and small. We know about the blockbusters, but there's some, some sneaky moves as well that have made a, a big, big difference in the organization. And that's the other thing, too. Um, not to go too much down the line and on a tangent here, but being able to, and it's Neander to cash and vice versa, is when you make a trade, like exiting from Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Evan Longoria, being able to get the clubhouse in line and make them understand why the deal was made, because yes. there's probably a lot of um, sour attitudes or sour thoughts in that room when you're thinking, oh man, we just traded our uh, our Cy Young, our best yeah. player, our franchise player. What do we do now? So, And they're doing that successfully if a guy that gets traded immediately goes to that guy that, who traded him and has a beer. Like the opener policy, the transparency is apparently very um, there. It's there. Yeah, yeah it's just for sure. There. Um, so, all right, we will, uh, again, Happy thoughts for Eric Neander and Kevin Gash. But we have it being a Friday baseball trivia name that war. Ulysses, what do you have in the realm of baseball trivia? Baseball trivia. I have four questions for you, Kevin. It's a little bit of a different type of trivia today. Okay. Four questions. We're talking extensions. I got to talk, I got to thinking about all the managers that the race have had. So my first question is, Kevin. How many Rays managers have there been? 
Uh, let's see. There's been Madden, Cash, Pinella, Hal McRae. I think I'm missing one. Madden, Cash, Pinella, McRae. I almost want to say like Larry Rothschild. I'll say five. I think I'm missing a guy. Five is correct. Very good. Uh, my second question was, can you name them all? And you kind of have. So is there a possibility that you can do it in order? In order from the first manager to the most recent? Yes. Um, okay. The first manager would have been... Oof. Larry Rothschild? Correct. Second, Hal McRae? Correct. Third, Lou Pinella. Yep. Fourth, Madden. Fifth, Cash. Very nicely done. I like it. Who, third question, three out of four. Who has a better winning percentage being a raised manager? Oh, out of all five of them? Yes. Or Okay. Uh, I would say Kevin Cash has the best. Or, or wait, in totality of like, are we including Lou Pinella's service with the Mariners and so forth? No, no, no. Just as a raise manager. As, as a, a raise manager, manager, I would have to been. say Kevin Cash. And he would be correct at 545 winning percentage. And who has the most wins? That's my last question. Who has the most wins as a raise manager? Who has the most wins as a raise manager? I almost want to say Kevin Cash, but I'll say Joe Madden. And you are correct. Joe Madden Oof. is the winningest raise manager as Kevin Cash is right behind him and hopefully should pass him this year. Uh, Kevin Cash has 739 wins while Joe Madden has 754. Let's remember Kevin Cash had that abbreviated 60 game season in 2020 or else I think he would have passed him by now. Hmm. I like it. Very good. Great yes. trivia question. Now we have name that war. And with all this talk about Kevin Cash and Eric Neander, I was thinking about um, not 2019, but 2018, where it was, if I recall, the first winning season for Kevin Cash with the Rays, where that team went 90 in 72. So I am picking a player from that roster for Name That War today. Okay. And that player is Carlos Gomez. Ooh, oh, that's a great one. It's a great one. Carlos Gomez. Uh, that 2018 team was such a college baseball feel. It was oh, yeah. so cool. It was so, it, that was a really enjoyable squad. Uh, to watch though that was the birth of joey wendell people that was the birth of matt duffy he led the team in plate appearances four <laughs> homers by the way look at that 2018 matt duffy that's the first year without evan longoria and you know uh, some there was some people that in Rays nation was going oh this is it we found our third baseman of the future it's matt duffy it was not, not to be quite not quite. Matt Duffy, but, I think, is still in the league. He's still I kicking think around. he is. 
I think he was with the Angels, I want to say, for a he bit. He played with the Angels in 2022 and was with the uh, Royals in 23. played 78 games. So he is still uh, – he's almost to getting a pension eight years in the league. Look at that. Good for you, bud. Um, His cat weighed more than he did. Yes, it did. I think I think it passed. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very heavy cat. It was very a very heavy cat. Yeah, cats can't be that heavy and just survive. No, they can't be 50 pounds. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Carlos Gomez. So, Brewers legend, Rays legend. I'm thinking Carlos Gomez was around 13 seasons when he was with the Rays. I'm pretty sure that was his last season as a ball player in 2018. So, let's say he had like 13 seasons. For a time, he was really, really good. Like, he was really good. I would say he was, like, around... He definitely had, like, three to four war seasons, for sure. There's no way he didn't. But I'm going to say, like, that was a peak of, like, three seasons like that. So that's, like, 12 war. And then you put, like, 10 seasons of being a one war player. That's 23. But I think maybe the defense fell off a little bit as he got older. Uh, the bat wasn't there as much when he got older. So let's go with a knockoff 23 to like 17. 17 war. Okay. Um, Carlos Gomez played 13 years in the league. Yes. He was a two-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner. Over his career, he hit 145 homers, 236 doubles, had 268 stolen bases, a career line of 252 batting average, 313 on base, and 724 OPS. Um and by the way, he played uh, one season with the Rays. That was in 2018 at 32 years old. His career war is 24.3. I was right the first time at 23. Yeah. And he had um, a couple 20, 30, 20, 40 seasons. 20 homers, 30, 40 stolen bases. His peak was like he could. I'm sure like at his peak, people were talking about him as a top 10 player in the league. Question. It was a short peak, but it yeah. was there. Question. Who will have a higher career war when it's all said and done? Carlos Gomez or Randy Rosarena? That's a really good question. I think, unfortunately, the youth of Carlos is going to help him here. Randy just started a bit too late, man. True. Randy started a little bit too late. 23. I mean, if Randy is able to pull off 23... That'd be really impressive. Quick name that war while you're searching this. Randy yeah. Rosarena. I'm going to go with three war, 21, three war, three war. That's nine war. I'm going to want 10. I'm going to go that uh, Randy has around 11 war right now. Yeah, you're you're basically right on the money. 11.4. 11. Okay, cool. So if he's able to do, I think he could get there. I don't think he's going to get much above Carlos Gomez. I mean, I would shoot between, you know, 25 to 28. He would more or less have to do what he's done right now three or four more times. Or three more times and then a couple of so-so seasons after that. Yeah. And he can do that. I think he can. Actually, actually, you know what? If if you give me green Skittles, 
I would put him on that Randy yeah. Rosner will have a higher career war than Carlos. But I will say, I don't know if it's worth what what his name recognition and what Scott Boris is going to command for him. I don't think the um, the juice will be worth the squeeze when it's all said and done. I mean, it, who, who who's to say what, what happens there hey, by the time he's a free agent in 2027. But If you're able to market Randy Rosarena the right way and put his face everywhere like the Rays should, and the Rays are trying to, I think. Yeah. Um, but just in another market, pff, whatever money you throw at him, it's going to give you money back. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will talk to you next week.